Martavius Thomas, the highest rated HBCU baseball recruit in history, joins the show to discuss the pressures of having that label and then how he has overcome and grown within pressure throughout his life. Oh, yeah, it's locked on HBCU. Play my music. You are locked on HBCU, your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, family? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked on HBCU podcast, your number one daily one-stop shop for everything HBCU athletics, Monday through Friday, part of the Locked on podcast network, your team every day. And I, of course, am Darian Gray, a.k.a. the Mouth of the South, Texas Southern alum and former TSU Herald Sports editor and contributing writer at USA Today's Saints Wire. I appreciate you for going on this journey with me, making Locked on HBCU your first listen of the day every day. But remember, when the mic cuts off, that does not mean that the journey is over. It just means it's time to follow me on Twitter, at South Exclusives. And speaking of number one, right, because this is our number one daily one-stop shop, we have the number one recruit in HBCU baseball history to discuss the pressures that come with that label to discuss what made him make this decision of Grambling and then also the future after this point at Grambling and the MLB draft and everything in between. This was a phenomenal interview, just the way I said it would be on Wednesday, and it ended up being that. So let's see what the label of being the top recruit ever in HBCU baseball means to Martavius. So I'm here with Martavius Thomas, the highest-rated recruit in HBCU baseball history. And for some, that's bragging rights. We talked a little bit about how people are going to show love. They're going to show a little bit of hate. But for you personally, Martavius, what does it mean to be the highest-rated recruit in HBCU baseball history? Hey, man, it's an honor. You know what I'm saying? I'm real big on my culture and, like, where I come from. You know what I'm saying? And, like, just the decision itself was kind of like a like a landmark for me. You know what I'm saying? It, it really wasn't. It really wasn't nothing that I always thought about, if I'm being honest. But, like, when I felt like I had the chance to be able to do that and make something big happen like that, it was a no-brainer for me. You know what I'm saying? I just kind of, you know, like like God kind of led me where my heart needed to be. You know what I'm saying? And it, whenever your heart leads you, that's exactly where you'll be at. So, yeah, um, it means the whole world to me. You know what I'm saying? To hold that honor and walk around with that on my back. You know what I'm saying? Now, I oftentimes don't think about it. Don't get me wrong. But when it comes to my attention, I definitely, definitely, definitely thank God to be able to be in this platform and to be able to do what I did. You know what I'm saying? So with the attention is obviously going to come a lot of pressure. You know, is this something that you've mentally prepared yourself to deal with? Is it something that is even a concern to you at all or anything that you even think about the pressure that comes with being the highest rated recruit? Uh, to be honest, man, I've been around pressure since I was a kid. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I've always been supposedly, you know, the the big kid on the block, you know what I'm saying, when it came to sports and just pretty much anything that came with it. Man, I, I've, I've thrived in pressure. I feel like, you know what I'm saying, like my granny used to always say, pressure make diamonds. You know what I'm saying? So, man, I, I really just don't even look at the pressure. I just kind of, I overcome it at all times. You know, like, I live for that moment, like, 
when everybody's looking at me, all eyes on me, that's when I play my best. I perform my best. And I just carry myself a little bit different when I know the pressure's on. So I really just don't even think about the pressure, man. It's not even the pressure for me. It's it's just being who I am. And I just trust that I'm plenty enough. You know what I'm saying? I'm plenty enough talented. God has blessed me tremendously to be able to pretty much do whatever I wanted to do with a ball in my hand. So it's not even about the pressure. It's just me being who I am and staying true to that and just not even worried about that and blocking out the outside noise and just, you know, doing my thing, man. At what point was that switch where, because I, I have to assume that when you're a little kid, when you first became, as you said, the big kid on the block, that pressure had to be a little heavy on you and then maybe you got adjusted to it or is this something that's just always been second nature to you? Oh, no, 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 no. Like when I was at real, like probably like elementary up, man, I had so much pressure of being, that's when I first became the big kid on the block and I struggled with it. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? It was tough. Like, it's not fair for an eight, nine-year-old kid to have this big weight on his shoulders. Like, I couldn't be a kid. You know what I'm saying? I couldn't make mistakes, stuff like that. But when I got in, like, middle school, that's when I was like, hey, man, I'm plenty enough. I don't have to do too much of nothing. Like, I don't have to try and, and impress nobody. All I got to do is impress myself, and that's plenty good enough. So, yeah, I'd say, like, sixth, seventh grade, that's when that switch clicked on where, like, I was like, hey, man, be you. Yeah. Be you. God made you plenty enough. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, that, that that's kind of when the switch clicked on for me. But definitely when I was younger, it was it was tough, man. It was rough because, like, where I come from, a lot of guys don't make it out. Or, you know what I'm saying, a lot of guys don't play sports or baseball. You know what I'm saying? So, like, mm -hmm. it was different. Like, I was the only guy. Like, I was in a – I was the big fish, but, like, the pond was big because I had a lot of shoes to fill in, my, in mm -hmm. a sense, you know, so – but, like, once I figured it all out, man, and I just made it within myself and made up in my mind that I was just going to be me and whatever happens, happens, straight success from there on. You mentioned how not a lot of people play baseball specifically. So how do you get into baseball? If that's not something you're surrounded by, that's not something that you typically see your peers or maybe the people you look up to playing, how does Martavius Thomas get into playing baseball at the very beginning? See my uh my father played baseball, you know what I'm saying? And um when I was about two years old, I tell the story at the time when I was about two years old at a at my rec league, like my boys and girls club in my hometown, you, like the age group to start being able to play like T ball is like three or four years old. I was like two years old, man. He put me out there. Like I could barely I was just starting to walk real, real good, you know what I'm saying? But he threw me out there, like the, the hat was too big. Jersey was too big, pants was too big. The only thing yeah. that fit with my cleats, man. But <laughs> and I really think I thank him for that every day, man, because it it gave me a jump start. Like, like that that like that's how I got put in baseball. He put the ball in my crib before I could walk. You know what I'm saying? And I just always ran around the house with the ball. Like even on birthdays and Christmas, man. Don't buy me no toys. Don't buy me no no clothes. Buy me a bag of balls, man. You know what I'm yeah. saying? That's how I was. And I've been like that my whole life, man. Like, I've traveled the whole world playing ball and just, that's just how it's been, man, my whole life. I've always had a ball in my hand. And then, like, man, the, another thing, like, with the, with me being so young, everybody always thought I was, like, two or three age groups older than what I really am. Like, I'm, I just graduated. People thought yeah. I was in college already because I played up with those guys that's, you know, sophomore, juniors in college. Like, no, nah, man. I ain't graduated. I like I just graduated. Like 
I'm not you guys' age, man. I just played up with y'all. And, like, it made a difference when I played. Like, it was tough when I first started playing up. Don't get me wrong. I struggled, you know. But, like, once I got to a point where the game got easy and I started dominating with kids older than me, you can only imagine what it was when I came to guys that were my age. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I was, like, 20 steps over them, 20 leaps over them. And it's because my dad put me where I needed to be, essentially. You know what I'm saying? If I would have played with my whole, with my age group my whole life, it wouldn't benefit me much. I mean, it, it, I'd get better, but not as much as it will as you will when you play with people that's bigger than you, stronger than you, faster than you, you know what I'm saying, smarter than you, and older than you, essentially. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it, it just kind of helped me out, man, and it brought me to where I'm at now. That's why I have no problem playing with old guys. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I've just been doing it my whole life. I'm actually more accustomed to playing with guys that are older than me. You know what I'm saying? So, like, this year in high school, I've never been an upperclassman in my life. So, this year in high school, when I was a senior, man, I felt weird. Being the older cat on the block, you know what I'm saying? It was, it was, yeah. it was, it wasn't normal to me. You know what I'm saying? So, I had to get adjusted and adapted to that. Man, that that's amazing. That story you told at the beginning about putting the ball into your crib, it reminds me of this story I just recently heard about Bryce Young, where right. he said that he dropped, his dad dropped a football and he caught it at like two. Bryce doesn't believe the story, but like it's it's, it's this crazy moment where sometimes right. we just realize our kid, or you know, I don't know if this is how your dad felt, but our kid is just oh, this guy has a gift. There's something special right. about this kid, and and you learn that early. I think that's great, and I want to move forward and discuss the recruiting process because Grambling wasn't your first school, but hopefully, well, no, not hopefully, it is going to be your last school. So I'm excited to hear the process from Arkansas to grambling as we move forward with locked on hbcu today's episode is brought to you by bird dogs and bird dogs this is no song this time if you were there on wednesday right for my everydayers no song this time but bird dogs is just so comfortable i'm wearing a pair of bird dogs as we speak i love them because they feel like i'm just wearing air that's how comfortable they are so comfortable that you could look down and be like hmm am i even still wearing these things hopefully you are depending on where you are but hopefully you're still wearing them. But bird dogs are that comfortable. You never want to take them off. They have material where you feel like you can go hop in the pool. You can go hop in the shower if you want to. That's kind of weird. That's probably the one place you should take them off at. But still, bird dogs are comfortable for everything. Activities, running errands, relaxing, working out, being by the pool or in the pool. They are the most comfortable utility shorts, man, because they do every single thing. So go to birddogs.com slash locked on. And if you use the promo code locked on college, you get a free custom bird dog Yeti tumbler free of charge with whatever your purchase is. And as we continue rolling with today's episode of Locked on HBCU, I have Martavius Thomas, the highest rated recruit in HBCU baseball history. We just discussed the pressures of this move, but now that you're here, you're at Grambling. It's the question I know everybody's asked off the record, on the record, text messages, DMs. You probably haven't answered yet, but I'll ask you here because people want to know why Grambling specifically. Grambling is the essential family structure program. Grambling is the, the place you want to come back to after you retire and you just want to kick back and relax. That's the school you want to go to. Let me tell you, man, Coach Pierre, Coach Adams, that is the most heartfelt, 
family oriented program in the country that I've, and I've visited pretty much any school in the country that you can name. I've got, I've gotten offer from any school you can think of D one to, to, you know what I'm saying? To any, any level, man, it is, it, it's, it's, it's so different. You know what I'm saying? It's so different. Like me being from Arkansas, it was really tough. Don't get me wrong to, like to me for the for me to make that decision to go to Grambling, don't get me wrong, it was tough. It was tough. But like I said earlier, the heart definitely pushed you everywhere you need to be. The heart literally led me to Grambling. Like, man, like the one thing that I fell in love with, me and my parents fell in love with with Grambling, not once did they ever talk about baseball on visit. Hmm. I, I went I went to Grambling. I'm gonna tell you, man, a story, crazy story. I went to Grambling. The first time, I was still committed, hard committed to Arkansas. But I was looking at Memphis as well. You know what I'm saying? Hard committed. Okay. I hadn't signed. But I didn't have no intentions on going to Grambling. I was just going to watch a game. They went. They played Southern. What what a game did I choose to come to? They played Southern, the rival. So yeah. I'm there, and I'm just watching like, that's crazy. Like, these boys can play. You know what I'm saying? Like these these cats are these cats, they some dogs, you know what I'm saying? But besides that, it was just, man, when I walked in, it felt like a warm hug. Everybody speak to you. They know who you are. Do you want something to drink? Do you want something to eat? Like, man, do you need anything? And I went home with something on my mind. And I can tell you what it was. I can tell you exactly what it was. It was, am I really gonna make that decision? I promise. I had no doubt in my mind that Grambling was now in my top two choosing mm. schools. I had no doubt in my mind. With Arkansas, were you already committed to? I was hard committed to Arkansas, man. I was. Mm. I had been, man. I committed to Arkansas when I was a freshman. Yeah. A freshman in high school. I verbally committed to Arkansas January 29th, 2019. So, yeah, my freshman year of high school. Man, and like it was so it was so crazy. So I actually ended up going back. I loved it so much. I was like, man, I gotta make sure I like it for real. So I went to the Texas Southern game. They played at home. They had a three-game series, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I came to the Saturday game. And they came back in a in a in an extra inning thriller. And like this time, like I'm getting treated like the president. You know what I'm saying? Like and you just feel so valued at Grambling. So there was no doubt in my mind. When I went home, man, I was like, they're in the top two for sure. So, and the crazy thing about it on signing day, when I woke up, I was like, man, I may go to Arkansas. I might stick on my first decision. On my way to my signing, I was like, man, I might, might want to go to Memphis. But when I sat down, actually at the table. Yeah. I knew exactly where I was going. I knew exactly. So I went to the bathroom. Me and my dad changed my shirt, changed our shirts. Me and my dad and my mom changed our shirt. I actually got somebody to run home to my house, and I forgot the Gramlin hats. And I was like, hey, go get them Gramlin hats. We're going to the Jeep, baby. Yeah. And and, and beforehand, yeah. I didn't even know about the history thing. I heard about it on Twitter. Mm -hmm. Like, people were talking about it. Like, hey, like, after I dropped, I posted my top three, they were like, hey, he could be the highest recruit. Like he, he's gonna be the highest recruit to ever go to Grambling if he chooses. But like you don't, nothing becomes real until it happens. You know, 
that was one of those things. And so, like, when I signed and I, like, it was live on YouTube. So when I signed, I just remember my phone, bloom, bloom, bloom. And I just looked down and I got like 100 messages, like 400, like 400 DMs on Twitter, like 2,000 retweets. I'm like, yo, what's going on? And I look like, Martavis Thomas hires ranked recruit. I'm like, yo, that's crazy. And then like, yeah, man, that's how it happened. So take me to that moment. Take me to the moment when you said, you know what? It's not Arkansas. It's not Memphis. Go home and get me the Grambling hats. What was the switch in your head that flipped and said, this is this is confirmed where I'm going? I just felt something tugging in my heart so bad. And my mom, man, the night before she told me she had a dream of something black, black and gold. Mm -hmm. Like, like it was like a, like a, like a treasure chest. It was black and gold. And it had like the G engraved on the front. And that's when she knew, like, well, she, she didn't tell me till on my way. She calls me because I was later. I came later to my signing. My signing started at two. They got there like one, one thirty to set everything up. And I'm nervous, man. I'm at the crib, nervous. You know what I'm saying? Because that's a big decision. You know what I mean? So I'm just, whoo, whoo. So, man, I'm on my way. She was like, hey, I had a dream. I was like, what's up? I was like, man, I had, I had a dream that it was a treasure chest, and it was black and gold, and it had a G on it. And I hung up. Hung up the phone. <laughs> hung up the phone, man. I promise. I hung up the phone. And I got, and I got there. And, yeah, like. When I woke up, like I said, I was going to Arkansas on my way because I hung up because I was like, no, nah, I think I'm going to go to Memphis. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And then when I sat down, everybody clapping as I walk in, and it hit me. It, it just hit my heart. I was like, go get those hats. And it was crazy, man. Like, you could see every, like, newspaper analyst, every sports analyst, journalist, mouse hit the ground. Yeah. Like, it was like it and it was a it was a thing that they got to write about like they were happy they had something to write about but it was just such a shocker such a shocker you know what i'm saying yeah and i think a lot of people found it shocking because we've seen hbcus being somebody's top whatever and then right. it ended up not happening not so happening. for you to make this decision it was big it was major man what was the first moment or the, the go-to moment when you think about I just made my decision. I'm a Grambling Tiger. The next memory after the decision. Let's get to work. Mm. Let's get to work. I called Coach Adams right after. As soon as I wrote my name down, FaceTime Coach Adams. I was like, hey, yo, baby. It's official. And, man, the whole locker room went nuts. They had been waiting on that call, man. So the whole locker room goes nuts. Like Coach Pierre, Coach um, Coach Adams, our pitching staff, Coach, all that. Like they went nuts. You know what I'm saying? And then like 20 minutes after, I call um, Coach Rob, uh, Coach Ellis. I call Coach Ellis, Wilbur Ellis. He's in the hall. He's in the hall, coaches Hall of Fame. I call him. He says, "What's up? What's up, Prime?" I said, "What's up, Coach?" I said, "You ready for me to come?" He said, "When you gonna make the decision?" I said, "I just did." Man. It went nuts from there too. So that's when I knew. <laughs> that's when I knew. I was like, yeah, that's what's up. That but that was my next memory. I, I I instantly thought, let's get to work. And then 
I called them. And then, oh yeah, another memory, the memory right before, bro, right after I seemed to get to, like I put in my mind, like let's get to work, was the, I remember like millions of like, like 30, probably 30, 31 scouts called me back, 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 back from the MLB. And they was like, hey, that's big, great decision. So I knew exactly then. Some people ain't going to like it, but the people that are down for me and they love me, that's who That's who the decision was made for. Not for the people that ain't going to like it, but the people that's going to love it and the people that need it and the people that, like, we deserve this. So the fact, like, the, me making that decision, that's who the people, that's who it was for. Yeah. That's what I knew then. I got the positive feedback from scouts. You know what I'm saying? Because it's, it's a deception that HBCU boys can't play. Like, you know what I'm saying? Ain't no talent. Yeah. So that was my, that was, I feel like God, that was, that was a plan in God's, that was God's plan. Somebody like me with this platform, this statue to make that happen for sure. And I think that's a perfect lead into the future. And that's what we'll dive into in the closing segment of today's show. And man, I really do appreciate you coming on. Seriously. We're going to discuss the future of you at Grambling, and then also your MLB hopes as we wrap up today's episode of Locked on HBCU. And that's wrapping up today's episode of Locked on HBCU. I have Martavius Thomas, the highest rated recruit in HBCU history. And you just discussed the MLB scouts who texted you right after you made the decision. When you when you see that, is your mind even on the MLB anymore? Or is this just like, I'll just think about that a year from now or two years from now. I'm not even concerned about the MLB prospects at this moment. Um, I'm not going to say it, I'm not focused on it. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But it's not a must. You know what I mean? Like, I've been fortunate enough to be one of the top players in the country since I was, you know, a freshman in high school. So, I'm not going to say that. And, and, you know, the ultimate goal is to always play professionally, get paid. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But it's not a thing that is just like, hey, it's got to happen right now. You know what I'm saying? I'm living in it now right now. So whether that's going to the MLB right now or if it's three years from now after I get done and we go to Omaha and win a, a national championship at Grambling, you know what I'm saying? So it's not a it's not a it's not a right now thing or or a later on thing. It's a hybrid plays out type of thing. So. I never say either one is ruled out in my decision making because obviously, you know, the draft next month, but man, it's kind of like a, a a chess thing. Just letting it happen. Let it play out. Cause you know, God's plan is going to prevail either way it goes. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just living in a moment, honestly, like I'm just like, I'm still a kid in a candy store that's just made history. So I'm not even like thinking about either one of those things, man. I'm just trying to keep shining my light, man. And keep, keep inspiring, honestly. Cause Man, you know, the kids looking up, watching me. Like, I get a million calls from, like, little kids. You know what I'm saying? Little text messages from kids. So, it's it's bigger than baseball for me. So, baseball is really the last thing that's on my mind right now. It's a, it's a, it's a impacting people around me and just making them overall grounded people. That's what it's about for me right now. I'm not even just worried about either process because it's going to, like I said, it's going to pan out how it's supposed to. And, yeah, I'm going to go with it like that. I'm not gonna rush into anything. Like, I'm not gonna. I'm not. I'm just having fun with it. Like, I don't want it to come out to be like I. I have to make it to the MLB right now, or like I'm. I'm so hearted on grounding that the MLB is out of the picture right now. So, just planning how it is, how it's given to me and just letting it all play out. 
It's real. Like if you do, let's say you do land at Grambling, this is what happens. I've heard you previously discuss playing multiple sports. Mm -hmm. Is an idea of playing baseball and football still a thing for you at Grambling, or you are solely fa uh, focused on playing baseball? <laughs> That's funny because, hey, man, like literally every school I ever talked to, that was the thing. Like, hey, you sure you don't want to play football? So, mm -hmm. I mean, I, and I say that I say that I'm done with football and I just want to play baseball and just focus on baseball. Because I am curious, like my whole life I play every sport. And now I'm kind of curious how good I could be if I just focus on baseball. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Like, yeah. like it's, it's crazy to think about my whole life I've made it this far, being this good, but not focusing on baseball only during season, you know? So it, it, it's definitely a, a curious thing, a curiosity thing to where like, hmm, wonder how good I can be. But at the same time, I'm really not even worried about it. Like, it'll 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 come out how I want to be. But I can't say this though. I love football. Yeah. I hold it dearly to my heart. I tell people this all the time. Football is fun, but baseball is where my heart's at. Now I'm gonna be yeah. honest though. Fun, a lot of people like fun, fun outweighs your heart sometimes, you know? It does. You know what I'm saying? So I'm once again, I ain't gonna say it's ruled out, and I'm not gonna say I wanna do it, but it's kind of a thing. If it happens, it happens. And if it's God's plan, that's what we're rolling with. Okay, I'm not going to press you too far on it, but I have to know. Right. Has Coach Jackson given you a call? That that he might determine not. a lot. He has not, man. He has. You not. ain't playing football, man. You ain't. You, <laughs> hey, go ahead and focus on that diamond, baby. Because you, <laughs> Coach Jackson said, "Look, you a baseball player. That you know what really happened is the baseball right. team spoke to the football team and said, he's ours." <laughs> he's out this ain't you Hugh you stay right. out of it and you just go ahead and let him be with us all right, right? so so I know you've also played multiple positions is yeah. there a position that you plan on solely focusing on if, if you just had to pick one on the diamond um a lot of scouts project me to be a, a long-time center fielder but I mean high school my freshman and sophomore year I played center field and then my junior senior I played shortstop and, and it's kind of crazy because before I got to high school, like rankings-wise, I was the number two shortstop in the state. Then I got yeah. to high school, I was the number one outfielder in the state. So, man, just just throw me in the middle. I'm ready to play. You know what I'm saying? I don't. It don't even matter. Just whatever. But yeah, I think I, I'll probably stick. I'll be in center field at Gramlin and also in the pros. So, yeah, I, I say center field because my, you know, the speed, the arm, and you know, just being electric. They love center fielders like that, so I think I project real well in center field. But I mean, if I get on, like, if I'm on the field, man, I feel like I can play. I feel like I can play first base, man. You know what I'm saying? I feel like I can pass the bubble gum out the best. You know what I'm saying? Just put me on the field. It's whatever. You know? Yeah. And we're all about telling stories, man. So we haven't even got too much in the X's and O's outside of that. But I, I want to look at the growth for you personally, whether that's on or off the field. What do you feel like? has been your your greatest space of or your greatest sign of growth for you over the last year? My greatest sign of growth is like the, the maturity part. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? And actually like not taking anything for granted. Because like, you know how they tell you when you're a kid, hey, enjoy being a kid because once it's over, it's over. 
I didn't learn that till I got to high school, probably my sophomore year. You know what I'm saying? I saw one of my best friends that was seniors mm -hmm. cry after we lost in the playoffs in baseball and football. And that's when it hit me like, this is real. You know what I'm saying? So the maturity for sure. And, and also like, once again, we talked about the pressure. Not trying to live up to nobody's hype or expectations over me. Just being who I am, being me. Like that that was the hardest thing. That is the hardest thing to overcome because you get trapped into trying to be somebody like being perfect, like trying to be Superman. And and it's hard to play like that because at the end of the day, it's still a game. It's still supposed to be fun. You know what I mean? I'm a 18-year-old kid, man, that's, you know, I just got done playing in the backyard. You know what I'm saying? Not too long ago, a couple of years ago. So like trying to do too much and just just trying to like live up to everybody else and what they think you should be instead of just being who you are. That that that's why I matured at. And that's the thing that I'm happiest like I'm happiest about when it comes to growth because it was real it was real tough to like overcome those things because you get put in this box. You know what I'm saying? That you gotta be this. You have to or you're a failure. Anything less of becoming who they think you should be, you're a failure. And you believe it. When people yeah. tell you something, if somebody was to tell you something so much over and over and over and over, you start to believe it. You know what I'm saying? Not saying that anybody told me that I was a failure, but you can I can feel that. That if I underlive their expectations, they look at me like I was, you know what I'm saying? I'm a pushover or I'm not that guy that they thought I was. When in reality, I'm just trying to be who you want me to be and I'm not being myself, which is plenty enough. You know what I'm saying? Right. So that's where people have that struggle at in their careers. And, and like, especially coming from like smaller towns, like you, you think you got to be this big hometown hero when you're the hometown hero just because of who you are and not because who they want you to be. When I learned that, it's over with, man. Man, thank you. And there's one thing I need from you before you get out of here. Every every episode, I kick it off. Oh, yeah. It's locked on HBCU. Play my music. And all I need is to play my music out of you, man, before we get up out of here. That's a bet. Right now? Yeah, man. Let me let me get it. Let me hear you. Bet. Play my music. <laughs> yes, sir. Man, look. It's been Martavius Thomas, the highest rated HBCU baseball recruit in history here on Lockdown HBCU. I am extremely grateful you reached out. Thank you. If you are looking for him on Twitter. He's at underscore Martavius, the number one. So Martavius one. Make sure you use that number, man. Thank you for coming on. And I can't wait to see what you do at Grambling. And hopefully even get you on closer to the season so we can discuss some things that have happened since then. Oh, yeah, for sure. All right, y'all. Until the next time we hear each other, family, I'll be back on Monday. Take care. Stay blessed. Peace.